What's going on, world family? It's your boy, Donald Jones, and welcome to another episode of Journey of the Mindset. I have a special guest with me today. This is very, very, very much of an honor for me to be able to have this person sitting in front of me right now. His name is Dr. Cecil Wright. He's an educator and a He's an educator and executive director at Administration of Mercy College. He's a graduate of Executive Leadership Program at St. John Fisher College, where he got his doctorates. He receives National Community Service in 2003, and he has a book out called 21 Days to Freedom. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to welcome Dr. Cecil Wright to the show. How are you doing today? Doing good, man. Thanks for having me. Yes, yes, yes. So um, I, I want to just dive right in because... I want to make sure that I'm using this time wisely, and I want to jump right into the book that you have called 21 Days to Freedom. I want to know what made, first of all, let's talk a little bit about what the book is about and what made you want to write a book about your experiences of a time where a lot of people would have gave up. A lot of people would have said, you know what, uh, I'm, I'm tired of this. I don't want to deal with stuff like this. Um, I'm just going to pursue something else. I'm going to go somewhere else. I don't want to sit here and deal with the trials and tribulations of being able to come into this this um, this country and doing the things that you do. So just tell, tell us a little bit about the book. Well, the book the book is a journey. The book is just, just a really, really personal story. And I think when the book was first came about, it, it was one of those moments when uh, aha moments for yourself. Yeah. You know, you have the epiphany. You, you're sitting there and you're wondering if you're going to get the chance ever to accomplish your dreams. You know, mm-hmm. they, America have always been the land of, of great dreams and dreamers come here. It's why we all come here. Yeah. We come here because it's a time and a place where every single person have a chance to accomplish their dreams. So it came about really, I wouldn't say by accident, but I think it was, I, I consider by design in the sense that the man above design that was going to be in that place at that time, and I wanted to capture the story, not only of my stories, but yes. the stories of everyone else who was detained with me for those 21 days. So it, it's, it's a personal journey. It's a story. It's, it's, it's one of motivation. It's a one to say that doesn't matter where you're coming from. Yeah. There's, there's still hope. You know, there's a chance for you to, you know, to accomplish great things. Yes. And because, you know, when folks actually take that journey, whether they're coming in airplanes thousands of miles or they're coming in a boat mm-hmm. or they're coming across the border, um, they're not really coming here because they want to do bad. Yes. You know, they're coming here because the story is told mm-hmm. that if you can get to that land and, and, and in many in the modern world, it's America. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, 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 it's a land that, you know, that the Indians own, but were reclaimed, was, was said to be discovered by Columbus, mm-hmm. but the Indians own it. And we know that if you can get to that land that the Indians own, mm-hmm. right, right, there's opportunities there. So, so that's the idea. It's, it's the dream. It's the drive. It's getting here. But once you get here, is it going to be a dream or a nightmare? Mm. And for some people, it's a nightmare, right? And, and, and it's, it's a difference between turning your nightmare into coming out of your nightmare makes your nightmare is not a reality, mm-hmm. right? And the nightmare is a temporary setback. Mm. And for me, this would happen. So I got into a situation and, um, and I take that nightmare and make that nightmare, you know, just a temporary setback and stepping stone yeah. to move the right direction. So let me ask you a question because I, um, I, I, I did do a little bit of research on you. Um, and I just want to talk a little bit about the experience of when you were taken out of your home. What was that like for you? I mean, honestly, I, I think for me that was one of the most dramatically ever happened to me. You know, you're, you're, you're in your home. Um, and keep in mind, 
in, at that time, I already have a bachelor's degree. Yeah. I already, you know, married with, with my daughters and, and, and my beautiful wife and, mm-hmm. and, and my mom. We're all there. And, you know, to, to be taken with your home and to, said, and to be told that, hey, you're out of status. But, you know, I've been living here for 10 years. Yeah. You know, I've paid my taxes. I've done well. Yeah. So for me, that was, that was shocking. You know, I remember telling my, telling my girls the story that I actually was working. You know, mm. you know, one of the girls asked where that it was, you know, my, you know, my wife would say, he's away working. Yeah. But the reality is that you're detained for 21 days because, because you had an immigration status that wasn't resolved 10 years ago. Now, so one thing I can say is that I'm a big advocate of following the law, mm-hmm. right? So I believe that there, there's a fine line between following the law, yeah. right, and do what is humanly right, yes. right? So, you know, if, you know, many people don't know the story, but even if you are a religious person, even the, even, even the great book that's called, called the Bible, mm-hmm. there's a story of, of, of a slave who ran away and, and went to Paul. And, 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 and Paul said, right back to the owner and said, I want to take this man back, but not as a slave, as a brother, right? So, you know, folks tend to understand is that when you get into a situation, especially if you think about the law, mm-hmm. you've got to be able to follow the law. But there's a, there's a difference between following the law and do a societal, society, society, which is right for yeah. society, so to speak. Right. Mm-hmm. So in my situation, pay taxes. Yeah. Have a bachelor's degree. One step away from a master's degree. You know, have contributed um, to the economy. Mm-hmm. Don't have any kind of record. Right. You know, so for you to be detained as like like an ordinary fugitive, yeah. it, it it broke your heart. Yeah. But again, I do understand this consequences when you broke the law in the first place. Yeah. You know, so I you know I'm an advocate to follow the law, but there's also we got to understand we got to put policies in place that can help individuals who um, who mean this great country well, and so they can continue can continue to contribute in 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 a, in, in a good way. What 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 type of stress did it put on your family? Um, wow! Yeah, like man, I, I don't think that's that that's probably I wouldn't wish that situation on anyone. Yeah, you know, I remember I remember um, getting phone calls from my family and from and, and from and, and friends. Well, not so much friends and my friend. You know, so it was my wife. You know, my mom, my girls, and my best friend um, Brown Sherman Brown. Right. And they had to, you know, hold the fort down. I remember saying to him first, do me a favor, take control, make sure they're okay, make sure they're all right, right? I remember having to get on the phone on the other end and hear my wife crying for days and and, and saying, well, uh, you know, what's going to happen? I'm like, I I don't know. I just want to go home. I want to go back to where I'm from because if I go back home, you see, I'd rather be a free man in my own country than and to be locked up in another man's country. Mm. So you know, so, so I'm like, I'm, I'm ready to go home, yeah. right? So at one point in time, understand that what's was happening. The first part of it is that she was crying while I was strong. Yeah. Then when I became weak, she was strong, yeah. right? And 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 which is crazy. And and that's how life is. You see, when you have the right partner, sometimes and and that helps. To be honest with you, I look back now and say to myself, I wouldn't, I. I wouldn't wish it on anyone, but I'm glad I had that experience. Mm. I've experienced a couple of things to me. One, it, it, it showed me who my true friends were, first thing. Didn't doubt them, but, you know, it, it solidified the kind of friendship and friends that you have. Mm. Secondly, it showed me very clearly 
that my wife, when I was weak, she was strong. When she was strong, I was weak. It's a, it's a unique combination yeah. that's unbeatable match. That you have a partner who's going to be there for you. I know when it's time for you to let go. When it's time for you to hold on. Yeah. And in the midst of that, you know, faith play a big role. Yeah. You know, faith play a huge role. You know, a large number. We talk about success. Success itself has a lot to do with faith. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm on this whole mission. Is that if you want something, go get it. And you know, and, and for me, I, I wanted to get to the U.S. Yeah. And I got here. And even when I fall into the ditch. I didn't allow the ditch, you know, to keep me there. I knew, I knew I wanted to, you know, get my citizenship and 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 to be an educator to help change lives. And I use the instances when I was detained for twenty one days to do that. Yeah, I remember interviewing guys who were there with me, uh, about four to five other guys from different countries, interviewing these guys and hearing their story. And I was so so taken back by their story. I was so moved by their story. Yeah. At one point in time, when my wife called and said. You're coming out. I'm like, I'm coming out. I'm just getting started. I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm interviewing the other four to five guys, yeah. the other four to five guys in there because I felt that their story was so compelling. You know, yeah. so so the strain was ridiculous. The strain was crazy. The stress level, um, I probably lost about 10 pounds. I'm a skinny guy. Yeah. I lost like 10 pounds in no time. The food was horrible. You know, um, the, first, the funny joke about all this, my mom didn't cry at all. Yeah. Period. Didn't cry until I got home. Mm. The minute I, I got back home and she saw me, she just broke down, yeah. literally started crying. And, um, you know, so, so I think it was stressful, but, 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 you know, but my peeps, you know, keep it together, man. Yeah. They, they really held it together, you know, from my friend, my wife, my mom held it together, and um, and that became honestly, I think that became uh, one of the most instrumental tool. Um, I think that helped me to kind of propel what I want to do, kind of clarify in my mind yeah. the importance of of an education, the importance of doing the right thing, the importance of 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 taking your setback and making them a stepping stone. Mm-hmm. You know, the importance of making sure your pit doesn't become your destiny, right? Yes. All of those things. Because a lot of folks would have gotten to a situation where they would stay there and they would say, I'm done, I'm going back home, I'm yes. depressed, you know? Um, but in everything that you, in every situation you go through, everything that you face, there is a very fine silver line. Yes. And if you can turn, you know, I think Steve Jobs is the one that says, if you can look around corners, right, mm-hmm. it would change your life. And the ability to do that is important, yep. and, and and situations will have you do that, man. Yes. So I, I, I when you're talking, I'm I'm just imagining things in my head, and one of the things um, that I'm imagining is is you getting to the facility, standing there, looking around, looking at the environment. When did it click in your head? Like you know what? I need to turn this in this experience into a purpose. I need to interview people. I need to speak to people. How did you even initiate conversations with people to find out about their stories? You know, it, it's funny. I I it's I remember the first seven days, I was totally devastated. Mm. I all I would do in seven days was just cry. Yeah. And I just wanted to go home. It's a new environment, four to five people, concretes. They have a mattress on the concrete, a high draft coming in. You know, it's, it's you know, you people of all different walks of life. And I remember lying there seven days, and I, and, and I started thinking to myself, somewhere along, like, keep in mind, um, um, I'm coming from, from a culture where you didn't have much. Yeah. So you always have to create for yourself, yeah. right? You're going to build it if you want it, right? If it's so important to you, you go get it, go to build it, 
you know, that are created. And for me, while I'm there seven days, I keep saying to myself, this is seven days. I'm like, I'm like okay, if I'm going to be here for seven days, I've got to do something. Yeah. And, and I have to figure this out. And I remember, I remember saying to a young man from El Salvador who was... Who was and I was B, my bed number was B14. Yeah. I think he was B16. Wow, you still remember yeah, that, yeah. wow. I still remember that number, right? Yeah. B14. I think it was, he was on B16, so there's one person down from us. It was a friendly guy, young guy. Yeah. And I remember saying to him, how do you get here? Yeah. And he started to laugh. And when he started telling me his journey, right there, I'm like, wait, did he just tell me he crossed like three different countries and mm-hmm. swim through a river? And walk like you know forty miles yeah. to get across the border. I'm like, wow! I'm like, that's some serious stuff. And right there, I looked around like, holy cow! If I could get the story of each of these men in here, I mean, that'd be some good stuff. Yeah. And I remember starting to write the stories, and I remember writing up to about eighty different pages on loose leaf. Um, but I didn't have writing materials, so I was writing on the center, uh, on, on, on the wall, the, the detention center has some papers, but at the bottom of it, they have their name on it. Mm-hmm. And I wrote back in front about 80 pages interviewing people, pen write everything. And folks saw coming to me at my bed for me to interview them. Yeah. And I'm interviewing people. I'm interviewing Captain Old stuff I need to capture. And then they, they, one of the guards come in one morning and asked for me and said, what are you doing? They heard that I'm, um, what am I? Why am I taking people's story? I'm like, I'm just, I just trying to get the story. The guy who here. So let me see the papers. I said, no, they're my papers. He said, not your papers. It's property of the, of the detention center. They took them from me. So they took the first 80 pages I had. Wow. So I had to start over. But there was once a week, get a chance to go to the library. And the library, they had loose paper people drawn. Yeah. You could also take them back. So I would go to the library, and the guys who want to, inv- who want to interview, I'd tell them, come to the library with me. Smart. And I would interview them, and the paper I bring with a lot are my papers. So those papers I kept, yeah. right? But, you know, so the whole idea was just after seven days, I said, you know what, it's raw material. Yeah. It's, it's, it's how do you take your lemon, right? Mm-hmm. I turn to lemonade. Yeah. How do, you take, you know, <laughs> how do you take what's given to raw material you have? And it's funny because around us every single day, I've, since that experience, I've seen so much stuff yeah. that I've gone through um, since then. Which, which are minuscule to that experience. Very yeah. small. But every time now I see, I'm, I'm faced with experience, I always say to myself, how can I take this experience and turn it to the positive? And I think those, you know, that experience, 21 days journey, just kind of, you know, give me that, that drive and the yeah. turn on, just turn things, turn things around, man. That's, you know, so. It, it, it's it's um, the feeling I'm feeling of actually sitting across from you and like listening to the story. Um, it, it's putting chills in my spine because it, it's a lot. Like that, that's a lot to endure. Um, to be taken out of your home, to have to go into a place that you're not familiar with, not know what you know what's going to happen. You know what? Honestly, it it in some place, in, in some ways, it reminds you of slavery. Yeah, that's why I'm exactly gone. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know, and 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 we're in Black History Month. Understand how 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 important this is. I remember my first trip back to Africa. Mm-hmm. I've been there a couple of times. And I remember going to Kenya. Yeah. And I remember landing in Kenya and putting my feet on the ground, right? And I remember feeling this feeling as if, wow, I'm here free man. Because yeah. the last time I remember our ancestors came from, land, from the continent of Africa, they were taken and brought to a new land. And they, were, and, and they became slaves. 
But they turned their slave into one of the most, their, their willpower into the biggest entrepreneurial um, turnaround anyone could ever see. Yeah. Don't forget that all of the, most of the great accomplishments you see across modern America and Europe were built by slaves, whether yep. it's buildings, monuments, ideas. Yep. America as well. Right? Yep. You know, we have, our DNA is written in those walls, mm-hmm. you know. I remember going back to Kenya and I said to myself, wow. I'm back here free. Yeah. But then it clicked in, and all this clicked into me. And just as when I was taken from my home in detention center mm-hmm. into this new place, into this into this place that has capitalism, yeah. those detentions, you should know, are owned by capitalists. Mm-hmm. They are venture capital who build small detention center across this country yeah. to detain people. It's all a money pit. Mm. For the rich and the wealthy. Now, listen, I'm a capitalist. Yeah. Okay, you know, I, 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 I strongly believe that everyone should go make their own money yeah. and you know, spend the way you want to spend it. You know, my friend always say, you know, um, you know, America is like a, a, a opportunity buffet style. Mm-hmm. You know, some people get eaten, get fat and get obese. Yeah. <laughs> some people still starve. Right. Yeah. But my point is you do what you want to do. But the idea of you just of, of you being taken from your home into a new concrete is like slavery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it reminds me of that. But I can understand that the same breath like going to Kenya for the first time is that once you got that freedom, yeah. once you got that paper in your hand, and now you have a level, um, you have the same opportunity to go out and create mm-hmm. and build, whether it's opportunity, legacy, um, futuristic plans, yeah. is that it's a, it's a new playing field, man. I'm, yeah. I'm, and I'm just getting started. Just let you know that. I hear you. <laughs> that, that, that's my next question to you is you're, you're home now. You come home. What is that like? What is where? Where's the start? Like, where do you start to rebuild um, to get yourself back together to, to become that leader of your family? Like, where did that start at? I, you know, I, I well, when I came back home, the first couple, I think, couple of weeks was just just trying to reacclimate and, and wonder what happened. Yeah. And even though I wanted to write this book and and get it out there quickly, and while I was there, when I got back home. I got a call from New York Times, wanted to interview me. Nice. And I, I, my lawyer said, don't get interviewed because mm-hmm. you're still going through the probationary period yeah. and so forth. I didn't get interview. Um, I end up writing the book because I wanted to, and, and here's also a little side story, is that the idea for the book was meant so my children, children, who happen, who one day, who will all be American citizens, mm-hmm. will one of them probably will be the first of my generation, yeah. of my uh, of my origin, to do something greater than I've ever done, and I wanted them to know the journey that their great great grandfather went through. So mm-hmm. the idea was to document the story. You see, what happened is, is that we, as African Americans, sometimes we mm-hmm. don't document the story well. Yes, you know, we tend to hide behind the shadows of the Great Wall or the Great Fight that we come through. But it's those great stories, it's what we overcome that makes the future for the generation that's come behind us stronger. Yes. Right? Yes. Because we are the ones who are literally, our job is to create opportunity where they can stand on the shoulders of giants. Yes. Right? Yes. And that's it. So if, if I'm a giant and my kids are giants on my shoulder, we're building, you know, we're building a legacy. So I want to document. The whole idea about the book was to just document for my kids. Yeah. And I showed it to um, a friend of mine who's he's in the radio and, and television, Gary Axbank, and he said, why don't you just publish the thing? Yeah. He said, it's, not a, it's a small story, but publish it. And here what people think. He read the stuff. He said, right, publish it. 
Yeah. And I, 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 I started writing about it and um, wrote it quickly, um, edit much of stuff out of it because I didn't get rights from the other um, detainees yeah. to publish your information. So that was a little hairy. So I took out some of that, but it was still enough substance where I could tell a story. So I, I started rebuilding journey once I got back home. Yeah. I'm like, let's get started. Um, got my, you know, my citizenship, got my papers taken care of. And, and next I said, you know, I'm going to make, sh- make sure I take full advantage of the opportunity I had here. And, and I see that. Um, so you were saying earlier that when, when you had to go through that experience, you had your bachelor's degree. And I see that since then, you've been like climbing up the ladder, um, especially in education, because you had your master's and now you have your doctorates. So my thing is, why start pursuing things? What is the goal? Where, where are you trying to get to? Well, you know what? Uh, it, it, it's funny. For me, it's, it's, it's not where I'm going. I don't think life is a destination. Mm-hmm. I think life's a journey. Mm, yes, and, yes, and, yes. You know, you know, so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a destination. You know, most, yeah. folks, most folks have a finishing, but I'm not finished. You know, I just believe it's a journey. And yes. along the journey, what I do know along the entire journey of life is that you're going to have opportunities where, you know, you can do great things. Mm. You can have opportunities where you can either wait for things to happen to you or make it happen for yourself. Yeah. So when I got back, you know, home and I got my bachelor's degree and then I had my, you know, my master's degree, one of the things I noticed is that in my circle, and there was about four or five of us went to college together. Mm-hmm. In my circle, I think we're doing well. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, all of my friends were doing well. You know, my best friend was always leading the pack with, you know, what he does. My other colleagues were, were, were doing well. And it always puzzled me is why the folks around me are doing well. But if I walk down the block, there are people down the block who is hanging out, um, you know, doing, doing things that is not as progressive, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And I want to understand the science behind that. What's the difference between those who are successful and those who are not? Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to pursue a, a, some kind of research that talks about, that, that could explain to me why someone who grew up in the project with a single mother and, and, and dad who's co- who is a crack addict mm-hmm. um, still is a pilot. And someone, you know, who's a, you know, who's a single mother mm-hmm. who's on, on welfare, the son is an attorney yeah. or or someone who grew up on the east side or west side, what's the difference between these guys? Mm-hmm. What difference is a guy who grew up on the same block, had the same opportunity? What make one successful and, and, and the other didn't? So the whole idea for me was figure out what's behind that science. Yeah. And and so that, that so that was my initial intention. I, I agree with you a lot on that, um, because I, I grew up in the South Bronx and um and not to knock anybody's lifestyle, but um when I do drive through more so like a neighborhood that I grew up in, I do see the same people. And like I said, not trying to like they, they knock their lifestyle, but I know with me, I was tired of certain things there. I was tired of the bull- being bullied. I was tired of um, not feeling like I fit in. And I've always had in my mind that I wanted more for myself. I didn't want to live in, this, in these communities where I felt that it was abusing me. You know, I couldn't be myself mm-hmm. and I didn't want that. And I also didn't want that when I had a child. So that's what kind of like drove me to, to, to just want different. And it was hard. Trust me when I tell you. A lot of my childhood friends I don't really communicate with anymore. I just ran into my childhood friend um, a few a few days ago. You know, I haven't seen him for 15 years. But it, it it's something that I feel like 
whatever your circumstances are in, no matter whether they, they're bad or good, if you want it bad enough and you really want to change, then you're going to move forward towards the goal of where it is that you're trying to um, get to. And I see a lot of that in you as well because you're somebody that's been through what you've been through, but you keep on just 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 overcoming all of these, these different levels of your life. You're, you're here and I'm sitting in front of you with a doctor's degree. But if you rewind your, your your life backwards when you had your bachelor's degree and you're sitting in this place and you really don't have much hope and not really knowing what life is going to be like, you still said, well, you know what? No, I know where I want to be Absolutely. in X, Y, and so I'm going to keep on pushing and keep on going. So what do you tell people that are going through struggles, that are going through things in life that are just knocking them down? What do you tell people to get them to keep on going? Like, what would you say to them? You know, I, I, I'll, I'll say this, you know. One thing for sure is that one, everyone should, should have big dreams, yeah. right? You know, so have dreams, set those dreams. But I would just say those who are getting knocked down, I always count when I'm knocked down as going through the process. Mm-hmm. You see, a lot of people understand is that success again it's not a destination. Yeah. Success is a journey. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's a process, yes. right? But most people understand you have to go through the process. Yeah. And 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 every time the bigger your success is going to be, is the more challenge you'll face. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, if your aim is just to go ahead and make ten thousand dollars, that's easy, right? Uh, there's a challenge. Mm-hmm. You'll be all right, right? You know, I remember I remember saying this. I remember somebody asked me before, "Are going to build your mother a house?" Right, mm-hmm. and I, I, I love share the story, and I said no, and they look at me like Are you crazy. I'm, no, I'm not building her house. I said I'm building her her own gated community. Mm-hmm. Big bigger. That's that's what I'm talking about, right? So I say to people all the time is that if you're going through something right now, first of all, you have to have a dream. Yeah. You have to have something. You have to. If you go to bed at night, and and here's here's what happened is this: if you go to bed at night at eight o'clock, you're too comfortable. Something's wrong with you. Yeah. Something's way wrong with you. <laughs> I'm telling you, honestly. You know, like for me, I read between 8 and 11 reading, and if I pass 11.30, it's over because I can't sleep again. Yeah. So guess what? I get myself making more plans. Yeah. Right? But understand is that you've got to got big dreams, and if you get knocked down, it's telling me you're going through the process. Well, what happens to most people is that they don't get, they don't complete the process. They get discouraged, they get disappointed, you know, they get distracted, and 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 they and they then automatically stop. You know, it's like runners. Yeah. Think about people who do long distance running. When people run long distance, is that somewhere along the line they hit a wall, yeah. right? A wall is there for a reason. But once you get through the wall, mm-hmm. once you get through the wall, you get what's called a second wind. Mm-hmm. And that second wind, man, will take you places. And you know, so I love getting to the wall because every time I get to a wall. Every time something comes up that puts up a wall, I'm like, yeah, I'm closer. I'm really closer. I'm getting closer. I'm going to get through this. You know, my girls, I remember before we bought her a house, I remember putting it on my fridge, a picture of a house on my, on my fridge for a long time. And I don't remember if, 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 if all of us remember this. I have a picture of my free trail a long time with a house. I remember my girl is about six or seven years old. I always say, Daddy's going to buy a house. Yeah. Daddy's going to buy a house. Which is na, 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 na every year, right? Yeah. And I bought a house, right? So now we're vision boards, right? And everyone know what the deal is. Everyone know. Everyone see the house plan. I show them the picture. I know exactly what we're building. And folks know it. Because I know is that, and listen, it's not easy. Yeah. It's challenging. Yeah. But if, you, if you're not being challenged, if you're not being pushed, if you're not hitting a wall, nothing's happening for you. Mm-hmm. You know, if you go to the gym, I, you know, if you're not sweating, if you go to every single day, you come back, just, just relax, 
it's not working. Yeah. You know, you, yeah. you have to go and come back feeling tired and yeah. burnt because it's preparing for something else. Folks cannot give up. But people aren't willing to do that. The tired, the crying, the stress, they, they're not willing to go through that. Yeah, well, you're, you're right. And, and, and again, listen, success is not built for everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if success was easy, we'd be all be successful. Yeah. It's not built for everyone, yeah. right? Success is built for those people willing to go the extra mile. You know, I say to folks all the time, I remember saying to people, a lot of times I say to folks, the way you're sleeping, I'm working. And I work on stuff that people will, will imagine I'm working on. Yeah. And it's simple. Small stuff because again, life's a balance. Yeah, you know when I imagine success, I, I think of success differently. I don't think of success as a, as a, as a journey. Mm-hmm. I don't think of a certain figure of my bank account. I don't think of certain degrees. It's an experience, an experience I'm having along the way is that you know is you know is is what am I building? What am I creating? Yeah. How am I doing it? Can it stand? Does it have all the three elements of a good life? Does it have the spiritual portion of it? Does it have the financial portion of it? Does it have the family portion of it? Does it, does it have all those three things? If it have those three things, it will stand. Mm-hmm. You understand? So a lot of time, it would take you longer to get to your goal. But once you get there, you're going to realize that you're a lot more comfortable yeah. than those who either didn't get there or those who got there too quickly. I, I agree with you 100% because when I started my journey, um, I, went, I just wanted to be a speaker. And um, for, for, for some of the listeners, you heard this in, in other podcasts, but um, Mr. Sherman Brown, which is your best friend, a mutual friend yeah, of ours, yes, yes. my mentor, um, I, I just told him I just want to be a speaker. He said, what do you want to sacrifice? And I'm saying in my head, all I want to do is speak. Just call me when there's a speaking gig. I don't know why do I have to sacrifice <laughs> anything. But what he explained to me, he said, listen, when, when, you, when you get on this journey, it's not going to go the way that you think it's going to go. It's not going to be a straight line into, into you reaching where it is that you're trying to get to. It's going to be ups and downs, confusions. You're going to change your mind a thousand times, but you got to be willing to live in it. And I went to this, um, this workshop over the weekend, and one thing that the gentleman was saying, um, his name is um, Jason, he said you have to have thought and you have to have feeling. So a lot of times we set these goals and that's just thought, but we don't feel it. Mm. So one of the things that he, um, one of the examples that he gave is, is, is you trying to reach a certain amount of money. Let's say um, you're trying to reach $50,000. Go and write a check for yourself for $50,000 and you make sure you look at that every single day because that's what's going to, that's what's going to put into your head. Like, okay, I got $50,000 in the bank. I'm looking at a check that I wrote for myself for $50,000, but you make that, you make that into a reality. It's just the work that has to be done. Cause I'm not going to lie. There's plenty of times that I feel like giving up, that I'm tired, my eyes are burning, I just want to sleep. And what keeps me going is this me knowing that I, I, I know where I'm trying to go. I know what I want for my life. I know the legacy that I want to leave behind for my son. Right. But it's just the work part that makes people say, wait a minute, hold on. No, no, <laughs> no. Much, right? I didn't know it was going to be like this. I need to go. I need to go. So I, I, I want to say that I, I admire you because even when you're going along and you're, you're, you're going through the things that you're going through, I don't know if it's a plan or if you're just going with the flow and just being successful at it. Well, well, I think it's, it's, it's both ways. I think, I think there's a plan. You need a plan. Mm-hmm. You, you have to have some idea of where you want to go. Mm-hmm. It's the first thing. But I don't believe that the obstacles are when you're deterred from your plan. I don't think it should be a distraction. Mm-hmm. It should just be one training. You know, setbacks, listen, some people take setback um, as a means of no. But I believe that every success mm-hmm. they're going to go through is going to face four major obstacles. One, yeah. going to be a challenge. Mm-hmm. Two, going to be a test. Mm-hmm. Three, it might be delayed. Mm-hmm. Right? And four, going to have people going to help you along the way. So 
here's what happened. You've got to keep that in mind, is that if you're going through something, if you've got a plan in place and there's a challenge, if there's no challenge, something is wrong with the plan. Yeah. If it's so easy that there's no challenge, something is wrong with the plan. Yeah. Ask a guy who's trying to date a girl who's really easy. Something is wrong. Yeah. Run away from her, right? Yeah. I mean, don't, don't do it. Yeah. It's going to be a test. It's going to be something that's going to test you, test the core of who you are. Yeah. Is, is, are you going to give up? Are you going to quit? Can you make it, right? And then... You know, for me, it's this, then all the other people come along, the journey. You know, I love to look back sometimes and, and, and realize that when you start a journey, you're pitching ideas. Mm. Sometimes you have a lot of people come pitching with you. ideas. People going to run with you. Mm-hmm. But some folks, you know, are in your life for a time and some in your life for the long haul. Mm-hmm. And what happens when you, when you have those big ideas, you, you have to appreciate those who come in for the short term. Oh, yeah, they're there. They're there just to make sure that the, um, all of the shops can just move mm-hmm. along the ground. Yeah. You know, they're there to just make sure that, you know, and it, 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 that's, they have their purpose. Yeah. And those folks were, then the other folks were there for the long haul. Yeah. They're going to be there with you all the time. I appreciate them. Do what you need to do. Yeah. But know that how life is. You know, mm-hmm. you know I, I don't, my plans for the future is not predicated on those who quit are those who stay. Yeah. It's my plan. Either you can stay with it or you can quit. But we get there. Yeah. Because if we, if our plans are built on other people's future, then you can get there because they have their own plans, mm-hmm. right? So you stick with your plan. I got a plan in place and then whatever, whatever happens, rock with it. Yeah. You know, um, you know, I can tell you, and, and the other thing also, build a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm. Build a lot of stuff. Yes. <laughs> I don't care. You know, all the people who have a successful lifestyle, whether it's whatever they do, have multiple stream of income. They, they work on multiple projects. They have multiple things that they invested in that they can help other people. And they're not only, and the last thing I want to say about, uh, about a plan also, don't build it for yourself. You're limited. If your plan is only about you, it's shallow and it's limited. Your plan has to be, you know, we're building something. You know, we're living in the 21st century. When I build stuff or think about stuff, I think about uh, who's going to use it in China? How will they use this dissertation in Jamaica, in Trinidad, in Barbados, you know, in St. Thomas, Virgin Island? How are they using what we're building um, on a broad scale? Because that's where we are now. We're in a stage where if you build stuff, you got to be in a position where other people can use it. I, I, yeah, 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 you're feeding me a lot. I just want to let you know that yeah. I, I'm, I'm getting a lot um, from you, and um, I'm definitely going to be applying a lot that you say um, to my life because um, I, I, I'm one to say I don't think big. I think steps, and I, if I got to the point where I, I thought bigger, I feel like I would be accomplishing a lot more. Um, but one thing I want to say before um, we, 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 because we're starting to get close to us the end of this um, the episode, um, we have a culture here. And um, journey to mindset where we ask um, three questions towards oh. the end of each episode. Um, they ask me, man. They, they, they some powerful <laughs> questions. I want you know that right now. All right. Um, the first question is: <clears throat> You do a lot. You evolve a lot. Um, you went to, to to school to work on your doctorates, which we know that is like not that's that's like not easy. Right. I know that for a fact. How do you manage your time being a dad and a husband? 
and doing everything that you do outside of your family life? You know what? Um, I'm, it's, it's a it's a learning curve for me. Mm-hmm. I, I think I'm married for 21 years. Yeah. Right. So I've been married for a long time. If I tell you that the first five years I was a good husband, probably not. First ten years, probably not. Yeah. But I think that the longer I stay, well, what, first of all, it's commitment. Mm-hmm. I'm committed to all three areas you mentioned: yes. to my job, committed to my, you know, to my family, mm-hmm. committed to my wife, and 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 to the man who I believe in about. Right. Yes. So it's a solid commitment to those entities. Um, but I think for me is that I've 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 gone to a good dance, mm-hmm. right? So I know that there are days when you know I try to make sure that I spend time with my wife. So I talk to her every single day, probably at five o'clock or six o'clock. She's mm-hmm. calling me, and say, "Honey, I'm away from work." Right yeah. in the morning, a good conversation in the morning. But on weekends, a lot of times together on weekends, a lot of personal yeah. times, just not expensive, small little chit chat stuff, us alone. Mm-hmm. And um, but I carve out time for all of that. You know, time to pray. Yes. You know. Time to a lot of time and reading is super important to me. Um, it's just something I do, you know, two hours at least every single night and reading different things, podcasts, and living stuff, just to keep my to make sure I'm up to speed on all yeah. things I care about. Um, so just how I can balance stuff, but it's 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 a fine balance between all those and my kids. Um, I tend to give them individual time, not only collective time. So there's one thing in my house is that every Sunday, mm-hmm. this lasting and family value is that. Every Sunday, we have dinner together. It's an automatic. Nice. Right? Nice. We, we have dinner together. It's, a, it's an automatic. So there's, there's no question about it. Yeah. We, we have to have dinner together. That's what we do because as a family. Yes. And then if it's your birthday, you get a cake that day. It doesn't matter where, who comes to my house. Nice. Your birthday, it gets a cake. So yeah. two things are in the, in the right culture. Family, mm-hmm. family dinner together on Sundays and birthday cake and the birthday. So if you come to my house on yeah. birthday... We're kicking you. I'll be there November 28th. <laughs> <laughs> but next question is, um, what would you tell uh, a person um, that went through that went through what you went through that's um, just in a dark space um, and, 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 and just hit that that road of confusion and not knowing where to go? What would you what advice would you be able to give them? Um, don't give up, man. Don't give up. Don't give up. Success and, and, and your freedom is a lot closer than you think. Yeah. Right. And and ask for it. Demand what you want. Demand, you know, what you think. You know, uh, this is not it's, it's not a mental thing, you know, where they are. It's a real thing when you're incarcerated or detained yeah. or you don't have your papers. It, it's, it's a struggle. Yeah. You know, but if you don't give up, if you keep on pressing, if you ask the right question. And the big, big thing is, is stay clean. Yeah. Stay, you know, stay Stay very clean, man. You know, don't do anything that's gonna put you in further issue with the law. Yes, because there's always a penalty when you break the law, right? So stay clean. I think that was one of the things that helped me the most is that I didn't have anything you could ever think of yeah. legally that I've done other than you know came here with my papers. You know what I mean? Nothing else. Um, so that's that's super important. You know, if you can stay clean, that's, that's very helpful. I, I I'm ready to add a, a fourth question. That's what I swear uh, <laughs> I am. I'm gonna stick to I'm gonna stick to the script. Um, so the last question I want to ask you is: We've been sitting here now for about forty minutes, and we've been talking. Um, what would you say the biggest takeaway that you would like for the listeners to take away from this episode? Well, dream, dream big. Yes. Yeah. Start with a plan, and don't take your derailment. As as de- use derailment not only as stepping stone, but don't consider derailment as denied. It's only yeah. delayed. You know, 
you consider everything you go through as a process and use every step that you face to you know to make yourself better yes. you know i love to say this you know figure out your life in three buckets i've always figure out financially where you are mm-hmm. personally where you are and from a very religious um, supernatural deity yeah. position what you believe in yes and if you can if you can have those three buckets on a on, on some par level um, if you have those three things and you can work on those three things sometimes simultaneously sometimes separately um, you're on the right track but you know so if there's anything you can take away you know from this podcast man don't give up you know work hard start with a plan and I would just say this small steps are still big steps you know uh, what is what is small for you it might be small in the essence of being small yeah but it's big in the grand scheme of your plan right so a lot of people don't get that sometimes is mm-hmm. that you know if I'm doing, I'm doing this, this, this card cast with you is it might be a small step but it's a big part of the plan exactly you yeah. know because this will be recorded history and six or five years from now mm-hmm. when one of my kids is running for office or you know performing you know the next big surgery or something they can go back to and say hey you know my great grandfather said this right so it's all a part of the big plan yes i i, I want to thank you um truly from my heart for you being on this um episode because i, I wasn't expecting this conversation it, it, was, it was really impactful i would definitely say that it, it's funny because when you when when i was preparing for this i i got information basically from the research that i've done the research that i've been doing on you for my my constructive action also because i'm tight with your best friend so i'll yeah, speak yeah. to him a little bit get some information but um i wasn't expecting and it's funny because sometimes the experience is more than the information that you're receiving mm. and out of everything that i learned about you before we sat down with each other hearing it and experiencing it coming from your mouth it is just totally totally different and i i'm I'm thankful that I'm having this opportunity to sit down um, and speak with you, and I hope that we can do another episode very, very soon. Absolutely, because um, we didn't we didn't touch on a few topics that yes. I definitely want to talk on. Um, one of the things when we when we first sat down and spoke in your office, you were telling me at one point in time that you um that you had trouble with your speech, but that you were um stuttering. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, that and, yeah. and, and come I, I that you know what. Let, let's let's spend two minutes on that. How did you break out of that? Like, how did that? I'm sorry, I can't, guys. I, I cannot end this right now. Well, I got him. I'm trying to keep him. There's two more minutes. Bear with me. How did you break out of that? Well, I think I think I still suffer from a speech impediment. Mm-hmm. I still do. Right. Yeah. So there's some words that have, have have struggled pronouncing and enunciating. Yeah. But but here's what I know is that, and and this is where you know one thing you should know that people with deficit is also an asset. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And for me. My speech impediment, I got to prepare a lot better. So when you came, you called me earlier on, mm-hmm. I said to you, where am I going? Yeah. The gym. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I went to the gym. Yeah. And I put in four to five minutes uh-huh. of a hard workout. Uh-huh. I mean, busting some treadmill, lifting some 55-pound weights. You know what I mean? <laughs> Do what I need to do. It relaxes me. So it's all about preparation. Mm-hmm. So for my speech, every time I normally give a speech, I, w- I would do things. I prepare myself way more better than everyone else would because of my speech. Right, so I know if I'm unprepared, I'm nervous. Mm-hmm. If I'm tired, I'm nervous. Mm-hmm. If I'm anxious, I'm nervous. And from nervous, my speech impediment kicks in. So what I do, I read a lot more. I prepare more. I study more. I practice more. I dress better. Right? I, I refresh better. I have to do everything a little better than a normal guy. Right? So it's all about preparation. Yes. So, I, but I still have the moments when I want to use a word. It's the right word to use, but because I cannot pronounce the word, I got to change the word quickly to fit something else. 
but I wouldn't be able to give you three different words that mean the same thing if I was a good reader. Mm. So I read often enough. Yeah. So I have several words that mean different. If I cannot pronounce this word, I go to the next word. You know. So it's 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 a mindset. It's, yeah. it's how do you train yourself to to be prepared and and to use it to to be an asset, not a deficit. I don't see my speech impairment deficit. Yeah. You can't. Again, I, I, no. I, I, I see it as an asset to me, right? Yeah. And and the more talk about it as an asset is the more it becomes smaller and smaller in the review. And I'm not looking back, man. No. You, know? you can't look back. I, I don't look Every, back, baby. Everything is about forward movement, forward progress. There's no looking back. And I'm going to tell you this. There's a man out there that's labeled the strongest man in the world. I just want to take that, and I'm giving it to you because... Oh, come on, that, man. That, 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 <laughs> I, listen, for you to get through what you get through, and still, I'm sitting in front of... I mean, I, this is going to... You, you'll see little snippets of this on Instagram and on YouTube, but I'm sitting here in his office. He invited me into his office, and we're actually having this... Con- this means a lot to me. It really Shit, does. Bro. And Shit. to me, yeah, you are the strongest person in the world. Um, definitely, our relationship has changed. I, I, I mean, I've always respected you, yeah. but I'm like... Like Yoda, like you're the Yoda. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but um, I appreciate you coming on the show. Um, definitely, we're gonna definitely do this again. Absolutely. Um, ladies and gentlemen, please, as always, share this episode. Share um journey of the mindset with your friends, family, and loved ones. Um, like us on um on Instagram at one four three speaks. Um, aim high. You can leave a comment. Where can they find you at? Too? Do you have any social media outlets that you that you? You know what? I am on Instagram. I you know I'm on I'm on Twitter. All I, right. I don't even know my Twitter handle. You know, yeah. I'm just you know, the average guy. <laughs> behind the scene you know, yeah. like Jordan make some money and keep quiet man definitely <laughs> so you know what C-E-C-I-L-R-I-G-H-D um, doctorbefore.com go to my website the book is also there you can also purchase the book on the website nice nice ladies and gentlemen y'all know where to find them thank you for coming to this episode of Journey of the Mindset and I will see you guys later peace peace